What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster DeFace, and we're back with episode 151. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for all the support lately on Apple, Spotify, and of course, all the other download areas y'all are tuning in with us on. Uh, we appreciate your continued support. This is one of the more exciting episodes because for the first time in a long time, we have some good Good Fortnite news to talk about that is uh, kind of sweeping the community by surprise, but we'll get more into that after we start introducing the boys here hopping on. We got Life with Panda up first. What's up, my man? Hey, man. Good to be back. Good to be in a new season, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot to this new season. There's a lot going on, and uh, I'm sure SMG will have plenty of his own takes as well, who uh, is coming hot off the stream, so shout out to him shutting down operations to come you know, record with the boys. Hey, you do the same thing, Monster, but thank you. I'm super excited. I've had a lot of fun already this season. We're only a couple days in, so, I mean, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, Shout out uh, but, to somebody's gun, too. I don't know if you know, 48 hours, you got over 20K views on the first video you dropped of the new season, man. Let's Ooh, go. Let's go. Content season has returned. This is the time mm. uh, for anyone listening, if you've been thinking about Maybe doing something a little different or trying out Fortnite content or maybe in the past you gave up because the interest wasn't quite there. I can assure you that the interest is here right now and it's probably going to last for at least the next eight days or so. As long as there's no building in Fortnite. Yes, you heard <laughs> it correctly. There is no building in Fortnite. I'm probably going to clickbait that for the title right now as well as I am thinking about it. <laughs> so as you're reading it, we mean it. Let's uh Let's begin there. Let's begin with the building versus no building and the perspective of the general community right now because for the first time in a long time i mean the overwhelming level of positivity and the return of some of the biggest influencers on the platform have have been all over the timeline and like fortnite is all the world is pretty much talking about right now panda it is and uh i gotta say it's made a probably a bigger impact than even epic probably could have predicted i i mean we're talking about not only like major creators that we've seen in the past, like Courage and Tim coming back to the game. No, we're seeing literally the largest creators in Ludwig, Cutie Cinderella, Myth. You have XQC now returning to Fortnite, and and they're th they're thriving. I, I just checked before we got in. XQC seventy six thousand viewers playing no build Fortnite right now with Tifu. And the last time we even saw an influencer have around those kind of numbers, we're talking like season X. Like this is at yeah. least a year's worth of time of anyone really cracking some ridiculous numbers. I mean, we saw a glimpse of it out of Benji's perspective when he streamed his uh, FNCS finals, uh, a glimpse out of Mongrel's perspective. You know, some of the EU guys that kind of go live and, you know, share their streams, but no one's gotten close to this big number in a long time. So someone like XUC brings tons of eyes. The game category as a whole here, somebody's gun, sitting around 300,000. This is, I think, and I want to say uh, close to, if not eclipses, even the FNCS finals we just came through. Yeah, and we're midday on a Tuesday. It's not like there's anything special right <laughs> now. Kids are still in school and we're at like 300,000 plus. Normally, I mean, the past few months, we've seen very comp-heavy focused stream numbers. It's typically when there was a competitive tournament, the numbers would go up. But it's awesome to see just everyone, one, coming back to the game that it seems brought up so many people, and then two, just loving it. Like, I've only seen good things from a lot of the new new guys or, I guess, old guys coming back. Yeah, and, and, and the numbers definitely show it. Right now, we got XQC up at the top, Ninja in Tifu neck and neck rocking the second and third spot cypher pk up there whom by the way has pretty much been on a launch party celebration for the whole new season i'm not sure if he had a good feeling coming into this but well planned time to have all your ducks in a row to stream pretty much non-stop throughout this new season because uh the viewership is there and then of course myth just going live just a little bit ago his tweets have been hot um and talk about someone like myth myth who stepped away from the game when it was um I guess leaving its peak of the content side and kind of leaning heavily into more of the competitive, uh, you know, who would have thought we'd see any of these creators come back, let alone now all gaming with one another. I think the the trifecta we're missing here are probably Curse JD and, and Dr. Lupo hopping on to have a good old duos or trio session. Yeah, well, I will say Courage has been back. But Courage came, kind of came back before this season started, right? But now he's really back. And then same thing with Tim the Tab Man. But, uh, you know, I would love to see 
like a Cloaksy Tim uh, play or Cloaksy Tifu play again together. I would love to see some of that stuff. And I would love to see what a tournament with no builds would look like. Cause I feel like with all of the success that we've seen in the beginning of the season, that could be a very good potential you're going into the future. Well, it's interesting that you say that because Boom TV attempted to do a tournament on the first day. And believe it or not, their player turnaround was pretty poor. So I'm not sure if that was mm. on behalf of the tournament organizer side. Maybe they didn't do enough prep um, or if they just didn't really, I guess, temperature check the atmosphere. Uh, they probably targeted competitive players because I want to say a lot of the comp players have a very different perspective on no builds versus building Fortnite yeah. status right now, which they should, right? We're talking about the elite top tier player um, that obviously see this game in a much different lens than the casual day-to-day -day player um so yeah for the boom tv game one i think they have 58 players to uh, get into their game one it's pretty bad for a new season big big cash and stuff yeah well i think you have to be careful putting a tournament on the first day of the season because everyone just wants to play not everyone wants to play in a tournament and we should clarify if you guys don't know the competitive game modes still have building it's the regular game modes that do not have building and it's only supposed to be for eight more days who knows what the success that it's had only supposed to be could turn into like a permanent piece i've seen a lot of people asking for that um but it'd be really cool now like that things have settled down towards the end of this week in a big creator tournament not not cater towards the cash or the competitive side but like a big creator tournament now that they're all playing this almost like a pro-am where all these guys that haven't played Fortnite in a long time get to play with no builds and hey, let's see how it goes. I mean, not, no expectations. That that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I heard Myth talking about it on stream. Sancho West sent me a little clip and I was thinking like, eh, should I just go out of my way, DM Myth, see if he wants to put something a little together, right? You know, us at the practice server can definitely slam a couple things down in the pinch. Um, was thinking about it, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of work that goes into a tournament, so I'm not sure if trying to force one out within the seven-day period makes sense. If we do something with a no-building-style event, especially we're talking like the pinnacle of creators, I would like to put some real foundation and groundwork into that to make sure it is the best thing possible. Because, um, you know, opportunities like that, you don't want to slip by, but um, it, it is very cool to see, you know, even Myth was actually just talking about that, so there's a need for it, Panda. There definitely is, but one thing I will say is even after we get through this period of time where they've basically declared that we're going to have no builds, I have a feeling that an LTM is going to drop that is specifically no builds simultaneous. I don't think they will let that gap slide more than, than 24 hours because not only have they seen huge success, but last season we saw that this no build was, was already in the files. Like This is something they'd been working on behind the scenes. Obviously, it's hard to to speak to leaks until they actually happen, but you know, this is something that's been there, and this is something that they look to continue to support. So, fingers crossed that it continues, and and we could see uh, a big no uh, no build tournament here in in April before uh, all the FNCS and and other cups start really picking up. Well, I can say I'm definitely slated to cast something this weekend coming up. So, you know, it's it's a smaller mm -hmm. tournament, maybe a little Elim race, you know, happening. No leaks, no leaks, but little little pregame for you guys that are tuned into the podcast. Stay tuned for the uh, for the social timeline. So there's definitely have been, I'd say, some collaborative uh, collaborative effort between tournament organizers and Epic. It's pretty clear that they wanted to test the waters here. So um, who knows? Maybe depending on what comes out of this, we can see more casual events uh, being a focus point for Epic as well on top of the competitive side. Let's be honest here. There is absolutely no downside, in my opinion, to catering to this no-build Fortnite if we're going to get this level of interest because this will slowly and surely convert players into the other side of Fortnite and make them pretty much play the reason we all fell in love with the game in the first place. Holy crap, we can build? Wait a second, right? This is this is all, it feels new again. Um, And mm -hmm. let's be honest, low-level arena pubs has always been very bad players. Like, it's, it's the bar's pretty low until you get to about 4,000 where I don't know what algorithm they got going on, but it's horrendous. You play against clicks and whoever else <laughs> is in the queue system at that point. So there's there's room here. There's plenty of room here to start converting players back into comp and this can help comp grow. And I, I don't understand how the competitive players don't see that. They have really just turned, I guess, a, a cold shoulder to this this public format, SMG. 
I think it's a piece of not totally understanding at first. You know, typically the beginning of most seasons, we see negative feedback from the competitive side as to whatever was introduced. And I think that's kind of now leached into this season really when the no building does not affect them whatsoever. Um, because all of the game modes that they're going to play, they play arena. I, I doubt any of the competitive players have played pubs anytime recently before this season. Um, and I, like you said, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's a gateway. And that's something that we need more of within Fortnite because as you guys know, if you jump into a higher level arena lobby, which isn't even really representative of a top tier competitive style of game, that is still very difficult to get into and win if you are just a casual player. So more game styles and more effort from Fortnite that allows people to play from a general perspective is only going to help everyone if we're seeing larger player numbers, larger interests, larger views, because that's good for everybody, right? Yeah, it definitely is. I think, again, somebody gonna, somebody's going to said it best. The, the comp scene always wants to immediately jump on negativity, especially after a negative season, right? Which to most of the comp scene last season was a negative season for them because of the SMGs and et cetera. So them going into this season, they're already ready with a negative mindset going into it. Um, however, I think long-term we're going to see this be super beneficial to both sides. I think you're going to see more tournaments, not only like regular tournaments for Fortnite, right? But but I truly believe more third-party tournaments with these no-building opportunities are going to be huge. And I think on top of that, you're going to see these pro players playing them as well. They're going to have more prizing opportunity in the long term, more than they've had currently. And one thing I want to point out is I think Sancho West put it perfectly is he tweeted about this being a perfect format for pro-am style tournaments where you're getting non-competitive players playing with big name creators or even just non-creative like basketball players djs and bringing other people into the scene and getting that collaboration um because if sancho has any kind of idea of what works for the community i think that would be an awesome piece and just I love the pro-ams, but it seems almost impossible now for like a casual person to jump into the competitive side. And we've seen tons of tournaments pretty much fall short on the uh, professional and celebrity style pro-ams, mainly on the, you know, celebrity side, uh, because it, it's insanely incredibly hard to keep up with these professional players uh, because they can quite literally carry a full end game. Uh, they're that good. So as any professional player should be able to, um, but you know, the building and the new game mode, basically, that's not the only thing that's been brought to the game. Something very interesting is actually this tactical sprint introduced to the game. Another new mechanic last, um, I guess, chapter, we saw the introduction of the sliding mechanic. It sort of changed the game, allowed for some new innovation and some new travel methods. I think it was a quality of life upgrade. Didn't necessarily change the skill gap of building, right? We didn't, we didn't see it break that far into the meta, if you will, but mantling totally has. And what mantling is, is essentially climbing. It looks very much like an Apex Legends style or, you know, PUBG climbing mechanic, pretty standard. You just can vault over things or on top of things. And what we're seeing competitive players do now is incredibly insane. This is a new type of movement that has really moved the needle. Uh, when it comes down to high-tier competitive play, like if you thought it was crazy before because speed was a thing, now we have almost trickery and innovation and a whole slew of new, I guess, options when it comes down to PvP. Uh, SMG, I talked about this on the Practice Makes Perfect podcast, but I had to bring up your thread. You made a very awesome thread, kind of just like layering out about four or so new mechanics, and each of those look very practical, very um i got honestly just usable in a in any kind of competitive setting uh talk to me more about how mantling is pretty much changing the profession professional players scene yeah so outside of the just specifically mantling we've already seen these creative warriors build and find different combinations with the mantling so the first one's like a ghost grab essentially you're grabbing a build that's already been broken or is breaking while you're grabbing it and it's almost like a, a double jump you know you can jump out to the side grab a build 
break the build and then grab above and then you're just floating in the air. There's also a mechanic where we've seen players combine phasing where, you know, if you're sitting right above a ramp or you're like about halfway through a ramp, you place the ramp, it phases you up. So players are combining this idea with the mantling. So you mantle, you reset a build, phase you, and it's like a super jump. I've seen players get over two layers just by simply doing this with a wall. And then the last one is animation canceling, which is something you use, you know, uh, the best way that most players understand it is if you're reloading your weapon, you, you quickly switch weapons so you don't have to go through the whole animation, but still you're reloading in the clip before the whole animation takes place. Same thing happens with mantling. If you're resetting a build, you can kind of animation cancel the mantling animation and then get yourself through that faster to take a shot or build. So that was what my thread was. And I saw some crazy players doing some things that on day one, I didn't think we we're going to be possible. And, and Martos is one of the, I'd say, peak innovators in that space. He's he's always coming up with some pretty clever stuff, and it seems like he's already ahead dropping some, or preparing at least his next montage, which is probably just going to go through the roof on the number side. Uh, Panda, I saw you kind of gesturing in, not sure if you if you kind of want us to jump on this, but tactical, you know, sprinting and mansling right now is definitely changing again. It is. And I think Fortnite creating this no building like um, play playlist with these new mechanics was the perfect way to drop it because there's no better way to practice it than without builds in these moments, right? Like I've noticed myself having to find like get out of these buildings in creative ways, mantling, climbing up. Even I was watching Monster D face's stream and he was like mantling up the side of a building and tilted towers through the different like uh, the storm. Uh, ladder so it was interesting to see what he was doing and and it's going to be interesting to see the opportunities more and more because i think even if you're a pro player there's a lot of benefit in trying to practice this mantling without building yeah definitely i mean let's talk about end games how often do we see the final circle closing in people start running out of builds and you're stuck but not anymore this whole mantling idea if you have a good grasp and understanding of what's going on there are tons of things you can do i mean you just spoke about pretty much the phase or phasing through bills or breaking your bills to cancel to boost you higher. Those are cleasy, uh, clearly easy mechanics you can start to pick up on that are going to benefit you. And um, I, I forgot who, oh, Reese Hub this morning tweeted it probably best. He was quite literally talking about if you are not practicing as a competitive player right now, the mantling, the phasing, this whole new mechanic in the game, you are going to fall behind. Not only like in your mechanical skill in 1v1s but i think your general game sense and like you're gonna get outplayed essentially by people that understand that game mechanic uh, a little better and to add to that because he he broke that down into kind of like two different tweets and and he talked about sliding because people in his his comments were like well sliding was added and it was a, a a gap right but no it's not the same whatsoever i think there's a lot more potential and mantling and stuff than than we ever could have seen with sliding. So it's really interesting, I will say, for Fortnite to put two huge changing like mechanics into the game season after season, but this one is definitely way more impactful. And I think that as much as mantling seems cool, it will be used at points, but I think more often in the competitive side, we will see the addition of tactical sprinting used. Like, yeah, you will be able to use mantling in different pieces, but just think of like, tarping through end game or taking a high ground trying to make a play cutting a team off there's so many uses of being able to run faster and we know these competitive players are crazy at this game so i'm sure someone's going to be able to figure out how to tactically sprint build and edit all at the same time while you know we may not be able to do that. I'm sure these guys will be able to. And it's really going to push the game to the next level. It's it's like playing the game on peppers, essentially. Yeah, and peppers are actually one of the few items removed from the game because of the whole sprinting. So not to put a cloud over the fast movement, they wanted to make sure, hey, if you're going to use fast movement, you're going to try out sprinting, essentially, in the game. And um, we, we kind of have a whole slew of things being added and removed from the game. Um, I don't have the list in front of me right now, one of you guys have it that'd be great to pull up here i know i have it somewhere but essentially um there's been all types of changes we had the vaulting of the mk7 long no longer in the game we had the addition of the new burst rifle which is basically the old burst rifle that we all know and love the aug style uh visual weapon you can aim down sight with it two tap players very powerful in the current game 
Um, and then of course, my I think my favorite change is actually the the, the heavy AR, the Ranger, right? Like this this AR now has a faster fire rate, still big damage, and um, it fits into the game really well. Um, is there is there anything, Panda? Let's just start with you. Like in the new item pool that you're excited for, um, outside of tanks, of course. I think I think we can all maybe <laughs> draw the line. <laughs> there's tanks in the game, guys. If you haven't played yet. <laughs> You know, it, it, there's so much that's changed, and then there's so much that's remained, right? You got, like, for example, the combat SMG, probably the most controversial weapon of the new season. Um, if you look at it, the the green variant outdoes damage to the mythic variant of the Stinger SMG. So if you find a way to control it, because it does have pretty significant recoil, but you controlling that in a close-up fight will make a a dramatic difference to say the least. But there's so many other changes, man. And I know somebody's guns been dropping these videos, so I know he's got a lot to say. All right. So the combat SMG best gun in the game currently because it has first shot accuracy. Like you said, it has the same fire rate as the Stinger, but just does more damage. So bar none, best gun in the game. It has a little bit of a recoil, but you figure it out. You pull down, it, it shoots straight. The other cool thing, we have a repair tool now. So you can repair vehicles or you can even repair slash build faster metal walls, which I don't think we've ever seen something like that before. And that could also play another piece. It lights wood builds on fire at the same time. So there is some versatility to that. It's not just simply repairing. There's a give and take. Um, the other weapon that, or actually not the other weapon, but you guys already mentioned it. The AR meta, I think is beautiful. You know, we see the Ranger, we see the burst. It's not like the MK. It does have the red dot sight for the uh, the burst, but it's much slower paced. And now we just got to lower the, the SMG speed and we'll be perfect. I think one thing to add to is the thermal AR. I don't think we've talked about that yet, but that can be a staple in somebody's loadout. If you have good assault rifle aim, we were seeing it today. Our, our friend would literally pick that up and he was beaming from two, 300 meters away. So it, it trust me, it, the, the assault rifle meta right now is really nice. The shotgun meta as well. I do feel like the, the striker pump shotgun got a bit of a buff because when, when I was hitting with that thing first day, I was hitting. Yeah, I'm not... playing the no builds mode, so I got to jump to the drum shotgun. I was going to say, yeah, in, in the... Public game mode, guys, auto shotgun is just insane. Like, the drum shotgun is very, very powerful. Um, you you guys will get a feel for it. I think the shotguns, too, got a, a silent upgrade across the board as well. Like, low-key, a silent buff. Um, they feel like they hit pretty hard, unless there's more aim punch in the game. When you get hit, your screen kind of jiggles and, and bobs around, essentially, uh, making it feel very intense in the moment. Um, either way, the shotguns are, are definitely in an interesting place right now. Uh, we still have, I think, the general professional player consensus saying they want kind of the old school pump. Naturally, uh, you know, it's it's an extremely hard hitting weapon and it can kind of carry you through most end game instances or PvP box fights in general. Uh, is the reason why it's pretty much the bailout shotgun. Um, but that if that was in the game with today's current SMG, I think the meta the fights would just end way too quickly. Um, so with that being said, you know. There is definitely a give and take. There's a there's a level of balance having one extremely strong weapon and then some more that are a little bit more toned down. Um, uh, with the with the talk on the SMG though, my problem with the season, I would say, especially for competitive, not not so much in pubs. Like pubs are, are is such a different dynamic right now. Um, SMGs actually aren't as prevalent because, well, hello, you know, if you're caught in the distance and you're running last season's meta of uh, shotgun and SMG you're you're gonna get burned in the field like there's no way you can defend yourself as opposed to like comp when you can build and stuff you don't really need a long-range weapon you can use your builds to get into positions to you know make it beneficial for yourself um with that being said it makes comp feel very much the same i think the fighting meta feels the same and i think that's the biggest drawback is that although there's a reason for public game mode where you cannot build for you to use different weapons. Like you're literally incentivized to play a different style of game. You're not incentivized to play a different style of game in comp currently. And we all know when that happens, there is always drawback. And there should be because comp should never feel the same season to season um, unless it's the standard, right? Your standard AR, your standard shotgun. Like that's when the game should feel vanilla. Um, this version of frustration we get from SMG is not vanilla Fortnite. Like that's not that's not the way vanilla comp should feel, <laughs> and that's what makes I think the players so upset. 
Yeah, and I and I agree with them from the from the SMG standpoint. I just hope that they don't let the SMG consume them because there is no doubt in my mind that this SMG will get adjusted. They've created an SMG that is stronger than the Striker SMG was at launch last season. So there will be adjustments. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if those adjustments will be enough similar to last season. But at the same time, I feel like now we've learned that there truly can be a difference in what happens in the comp loot pool versus the, the public loot pool. So hopefully uh, Epic takes that into account when uh, getting closer and through this preseason that we're in, because currently we're in that two-week preseason anyway, um, before they really start ramping out tournaments and whatnot. But once that's over, I have faith that we will see some adjustments to that SMG. Hopefully they're significant enough for the pro players to enjoy it, because otherwise, other than that, when it comes to the comp side of things, this season is really awesome. My my only problem is, of course, this timeline that they've given us, right? This is where the big mystery of the game sets in right now. Uh, this, this limited window, and then something's going to happen. They have to make a decision on how to approach the no-building gameplay Fortnite, or game mode, if you want to call it that. My problem with that is it reminds me of when we had Siphon and Pubs. It was like we got a little taste of that dopamine and you were hooked. There is no turning back. Everyone was in it. And then when they removed it, man, the complaining never stopped. Like it lasted for quite honestly, probably the whole year. Like it was so good. It was so exciting and fun. And when it was removed, it kind of ruined everyone's experience of the game. This is the same situation where we've got something so cool that's got people invested um if it doesn't last or stay in and honestly if they don't put it in the right way like no one wants to be like oh yeah let's play uh you know ltm 50 v 50 no like you know you you kind of want to play something core right you don't want to be that guy that's playing like baby baby kiddo game mode over here um so it's really about how they i guess position the narrative on what this is going to be too um i think that's so important it is. It is very important. I mean, you can even argue that the, the addition and removal of Siphon from pubs was when content views started to drop significantly. I mean, and, and the creators started to to scare away from the game and, and said, you know what, look, it, it's gotten to a point where it's not as enjoyable. I mean, pubs still today without Siphon, Gun and I were talking about it before, when you don't have Siphon in pubs, even with the overshield, it kind of gives that Siphon feel a little bit but um, it, it's still, it feels like it's missing something. So imagine you have pubs, no builds, and you have Siphon. Literally, that would be the best version of Fortnite I can imagine. I still agree. I still think Siphon in the game is so good. It's so fun. But like you said, Overshield sort of fills that void a little bit. I love that when you jump off the bus immediately, your Overshield begins to charge up, and you kind of have that little bit of extra cushion. Um, but by no means is it... Uh, yeah, fills fills the full void of getting a siphon in a, in a heated moment and needing that to kind of continue the battle on and, and not lose momentum in the, in the game, or better yet, just win the next engagement that's going to be coming at you. So um, there there is very much I, I say that same atmosphere for me in the game right now um, because it, I think if they don't position it correctly, it could easily happen. Like a week from now, they say, "Oh no, this is just a new game mode," and then they put you know pubs back to the way it was and. Let's be real. The way the new uh, uh, searching for game, looking for game interfaces, it's terrible. Like, you have all these creative modes in there. You have, um, I mean, I was looking at the arena, like solo, duos, trios. They're not even labeled solo arena, duo arena. Like, there's some, dude, whoever you're paying to build this interface, he he, he slept on a job. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. I hate to bash someone on their job. Like, this is simple titling um, that is just done poorly and they do a good job updating the interface all the time like moving let's just say the menu over to the other side and creating like a, a, a better way to filter through your friends and, and those settings but whatever they did with like searching for game is so bad um so if you remove this pubs game mode and you put it somewhere else it's going to get lost in there it's so easy to get lost in there and not know what you're looking for and like I said, the fact yeah. that arenas aren't even labeled is just it's just horrendous. Like I don't know how you miss how you forget to just put solo arena, duo arena. Well, it's not even just that, right? It's not even that it's just like labeled in the picture. They're also not solo duo trio order. 
Yeah. So no, when you click in, so bad. <laughs> it could be trios is the first one, then solos and duo. Like it's so mismatched. And I think they try to do it based on like how you play. But unfortunately, because there's no titles to it, there's no way to truly identify it. You kind of just misclick until you figure out which one is which before you start. But I, I think that's definitely been a gripe here for a little bit. That discovery uh, window, when it, I think it was added potentially last season, if not the season before. A couple seasons but, now, for sure. Yeah, and and the it was mainly the creative community that was speaking up about it. I remember people in the scene that were like, hey, why is it that these maps are are showcased before you can even find the creative button to get into creative and try to do anything. So uh, I could definitely see um, some adjustments being needed. And I think the feedback's been out there long enough, so hopefully they're making some adjustments, but I could definitely use an overhaul of that discovery tab. I'll be honest. I started playing much less um, like anything creative or playground when they merged the playground into the creative. Like I love having my own personal just playground, like it's literally a playground button. Uh, I think I thought the branding behind it was cool. I thought the idea of okay, I'm gonna go in here. It's just a private world. I'll mess around really quickly and be okay. Like I was, I was cool with that. Um, but then they kind of merged it all and they made it so you had to sort of queue up with other people. And then they made it so yeah, you have your own creative world, but it starts off blank. Like, dude, I don't want to learn how to pull the phone out and filter through tons of map selections and find a gun and the settings. Like, it became very complicated. There was no sweet spot and i thought the sweet spot was how simple it was at first um and then they merged it and then now they merged everything and it's only gotten worse since the merge so they had merged it in step one and then they merged it even more in step two and whatever comes next for step three i think is going to lose even more players and kind of the sauce that is fortnite so that's my biggest fear about this whole thing it's not that you know they don't give the community what they want is they're going to give us what we want most likely, but it's going to fall very short because the interface isn't quite up to snuff to allow people to easily get there. Right? Like people pay for convenience. And when things are inconvenient, we all know how short our attention spans are. You just move on. Like you're right. Like you're just like, ah, forget this. Close it. Open world of Warcraft. I'm going to go grind some, some XP real quick. This is right there in front of you. Like you're going to do something very simple. Um, the, the, the complicated nature of this interface is really going to turn people off. I don't know. I, I kind of have to disagree with you guys on that one um, because I'm someone that likes to play random creative maps. And instead of having to go into the creative hub and like walk from one thing to the next, like you said, convenience wise, I can just simply click. It tells me what game that is. I'll be like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll play that one for a little bit and then I'll jump out, try another one. And I wish there was some better searchability for it. But this to me is better than what it was. And I will add, there was battle labs. Like, I think what Monster was speaking on is like the the map itself, like being able to just jump into the map and have infinite builds, kind of, and being able to refarm fast. They redid it. They called it battle labs, and then they didn't really talk about it, right? So it wasn't launched like creative. It wasn't launched like playground was initially. Battle labs is essentially the original playground, but they just didn't talk about it. They didn't brand it well. They didn't like. It didn't really do anything with it. I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if it's still in the game. Yeah. Because I don't think it, was it just exists. Something that wasn't touched. And if it, <laughs> exactly. if it does, it, it's lost in that crazy interface, guys. Uh, there's a lot yeah. going on in there. To, to SMG's point, though, no, you're right. Like being able to find games easily and in, in that whole feature is really cool. Um, I wish it was more like some other games where you kind of have a server list, you know, and you can kind of go through that and you can see more of and then maybe expand the details because. What the creative builders are doing in the world, guys, it, it is exceptional. There are worlds that have and track your experience from server to server, from playthrough to playthrough. Like, there is some really, really cool tech and um, innovation being pushed in Fortnite. And that is absolutely what's going to keep this game very much relevant long you know, beyond when we get tired of uh, building and or no building in Fortnite. Like, creative and their creativity is going to be what carries the game. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I just, I want to see a little more, more support going on there. Um, but let, let's continue to move on, dude. New Fortnite guys, check it out if you haven't already. Tons of new stuff to try out. Um, plenty of changes to scratch your itch. I'm pretty sure you're going to find yourself enjoying, uh, what, what, what's new there. Um, other things we just want to give a hats off to shout out to Fortnite, giving all of their proceeds this first week, actually the first 10 days of the new season to Ukraine aid. Um, they've already raised over 30 million dollars themselves within the first 24 hours um 
you know, making such an impact that, in fact, Xbox decided to continue their Fortnite proceeds as well, straight towards uh, the Ukraine um, aid funds and, and relief over there. So really cool to see Epic once again just doing good for the community, I guess. Um, and, and I I kind of feel, because we, we talked about this, um, somebody's gun, this is a little bit of a PR stunt because of the fact that they kind of timed this sort of war-themed season a little bad, right? Like tanks and... You know, this whole clash between the foundation and this new entity that's coming into the game. Like, if you look into the lore, um, it's pretty badly timed. And now you got warships hovering over cities. It's kind of too close to home for, like, real-life situations. And because of that, though, I think Epic realized that they pulled back all of their promotion, if I had to guess. That's why we saw a very little bit of promotion this season. And instead, before they even tweeted the trailer, which was really cool, they said, hey, we're giving all the money this season. Basically, the, the the biggest bucks, our first 10 strongest days directly to Ukrainian aid, um, just to show that, you know, although what's happening in the game and we're trying to have fun or, you know, kind of making light, right, of uh, this this fighting game that we essentially have, that we're, we want to help the world. Um, so really cool for them, but also very interesting that we kind of just talked about that, like, dude, maybe this is why and it turned out to be why. Yeah, it was unfortunate for them because you can't change a season like what five days before a week before and you know you just have to go with it but i think they handled handled it in the best way possible donating all these proceeds getting people to jump on board with them and like you suggested just pulling back any kind of teasers that likely had to do with a war theme because it's literally called the resistance is the name of the season so you can't really push that and honestly i think it's worked for him because now no one really talks about it being the resistance everyone talks about this being the no building season so all in all it worked out for him a real question is were they holding the no building in the back pocket like dude we gotta hit the panic button boom right like were they holding <laughs> on to that or like was this all a part of the plan i think it was always a part of the plan with the way that the trailer set it up right because those trailers I mean, we know, right? Like any kind of like business promotion, like like Monster, for example, working with Intel, right? I heard Intel Inspires is getting involved with some scholarship stuff that he was talking about on stream. But he knows anytime you do a graphic with Intel on it, they have to approve it. Their legal teams have to approve it. So those those trailers and stuff, I'm sure take weeks, if not over a month to produce. And then they go over, go through like weeks of probably legal revisions and reviews and stuff so i think the no building thing was always a part of it um however one thing i need to talk about with all of this because it's been great right obviously those at home that don't know you can you can also contribute by buying vbucks or donating to the funds like they did to like unicef wfp refugees and direct relief but one thing that really bothered me if you look in the comment section one of the most liked replies is from explaining pros saying basically Fortnite tells us they can easily afford to make the comp prize pool uh 10 million extra as they made 36 million dollars from V-Bucks in one day. And it's like you got to be kidding me. Like this is not the take you're taking right now. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty Fortnite professional player take right there. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate but like do we really expect anything less? Someone was going to say that. That's yeah. just the the space, you know? Uh, yeah, but it's just... I was also going to say, too, though, like, just, just in the scope of things, like, it just kind of shows you that Fortnite gets uh, just a cut of the proceeds and how much goes into, like, Xbox needs to make their, you know, just for their platforms and PlayStation and Nintendo, right? Like, all these different platforms, all these different realms that you could basically play the game in. Um, not only that, the different stores that you can get Fortnite on right there's a lot of different ways that this income gets broken up essentially depending on where it comes in from so um i mean 36 million dollars in 24 hours is insane for one developer that clearly shows you that like a season expansion or like a really good uh sale on a maybe a skin collab or something like that is bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars is a reason why this is a multi-billion dollar uh profitable company now um, but hey, they're doing things people just aren't doing in this industry. And once again, I think they're, you know, pushing their influence forward in a, in a great way. Uh, this just kind of adds to the, the number of different things um, that I'm sure we know of and don't know of that's already happened in the space. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, Fortnite handled the whole situation really well. I think uh, for the most part, the community is pretty positive. You got even people like Queasy saying like, this is crazy. Great job, Fortnite. Like the positives uh, come even coming from the pros right now, despite their disdain for what's going on in the game. They're impressed by the way that Fortnite's handled themselves, which is a really, really good sign for the community. But I mean, look, it, it, there's always going to be positives, right? And negatives in the community. And, and I think uh, Fortnite's doing a good job of kind of counteracting that here with this. But uh, one thing I, I know we're going to talk about it soon, but like there's been a lot of negativity. And I feel like uh, some of the, the bigger creators like a, like a Somerset and a Savid have been uh, kind of the victim of some of that. But yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit no let's let's hop right into it. let's talk about some of the other more interesting things happening in the community as always guys we want to bring you guys just some insane stories that break here in the space this is kind of a funny one to me and i hate to say it funny because somerset's kind of the victim here um she unfortunately was uh you know messaging another professional player by the name of save it he's an irish based if i'm not mistaken uh yeah right irish based creator professional player content creator uh player for power team power which is the australian organization so they're pretty much their first expansion into the eu space is picking up save it um very known creators and then of course somerset from texas luminosity gaming representative there content creator for them and by far the best professional female player our scene has on the scene and because of that she has tons of um eyes on her and whenever something goes down with anyone at the forefront of the front lines people are going to blow it up especially when we're talking about uh pretty much like i want to call this teen love going on here mm -hmm. so somerset and savid had some uh private dms leaked on stream because savid was streaming and he just pulled a rookie mistake he opened up his steam platform and right there in front of all however many thousands of viewers eyes he has uh he shared some screenshots essentially between him and somerset or some open chat dialogue between them where somerset was just basically saying like hey dude i'm feeling you and he was obviously being the cool kid like yeah yeah sure me too um and people took that out of proportion because you know the i guess the narrative in this space right now is like somerset and clicks fans which if you guys don't know clicks has some of the most uh delusional die hard they will go till the wall for clicks type community and um they took this out of proportion because in their eyes somerset is clicks girlfriend and uh this caused this whole crazy drama panda between them yeah and, and the funny thing is like this blew up because of clicks um social media guy so uh th this guy literally goes on socials and like comments on everything somerset clicks related has for months right since all of this has been going on so naturally, you you put the this information in this guy's hands, and not only is it going to get some traction, but it's going to blow up. And, and unfortunately for Somerset, it blew up, and um and he literally he went in right like this guy was literally it was like all in the same day it was like post after post after post after post like and obviously when when you're young like that and you see these numbers doing extremely well on post, you're going to continue to recycle whatever's working right. You're not just going to stop because, oh, the first one worked, but maybe somebody didn't like it. No, especially when you're as young as these kids are, they're just going to keep pumping it. Yeah, so what yeah, I don't I don't know that he's that young, though, Panda. Like, I'm pretty sure he's a grown man that's posting this. Yeah, no yeah. Shot. Yes, no, for sure, for sure. The problem here is this whole clout mentality, the chasing of impressions. Um, This is one of those instances where this guy put, like, literally short-term gains over the basically the mental health or to the detriment of someone else um and you know the memes they they were really mean but they were hilarious like to to my grown humor self um it, it's just funny stuff but it, it's it's honestly picking on one another which isn't okay and, and that happened like literally round the clock as many of the creative things he could come up with is basically blasting them up on socials and you know it it doesn't help the case at all for someone like clicks this can really backfire in your brand um especially someone who represents you know a top tier organization and stuff you really don't want to be caught in the crossfire of shaming anyone on the timeline i mean we literally saw what happened to artesian builds one 
mistake like that, like picking on someone or targeting someone with any form of harassment can really go bad really quickly. And although people may not have looked at this or viewed this in that way, this could easily have gone that way because what you're doing is, is exactly that. You're taking someone who's vulnerable in this position and you're kind of exploiting that vulnerability for impressions, um, which can lead to its own issues. Yeah, the, the hardest thing about this is when you have actual people involved, like all the time, you know, you just see a Twitter profile or someone streaming. It's like hard to realize that that is a person behind everything. Uh, and people create these parasocial relationships with people online that they don't actually know and then create it up in their head and it becomes worse than it should sometimes. So you just got to be careful, understand, you know, at the end of the day, these are all people if if it is funny, you know, that's fine. Maybe one or two things, but continuing to to dig into something like this is not necessarily. I granted this is not the worst example we've seen, so I don't want to like make this a big deal cuz okay, it was a dude and a girl talking on DMs, like that's really not that big a deal, but relax sometimes, you know, understand the situations and play by ear like i said the issue really comes when you start extracting this kind of thing right and then you put it on social media and you start literally like i said targeting uh the, the female in this instance and making her look bad and making her feel bad uh if anyone watched her live stream you can see she was extremely uncomfortable uh if you watch her live streams you know her family is pretty much intertwined to her chat community and stuff like that so having her mom kind of see that stuff as well it's just really awkward guys come on no uh, no person, let alone uh, a female who's a live streamer, extremely vulnerable in these instances, uh, should be going through that stuff while live. Um, I think all of us as live streamers have probably been through an uncomfortable situation while you're on stream and being able to keep your composure kind of makes you break a cold sweat, but you got to keep a straight face because you're like on camera and you're like, dang, I got some shit to handle uh, like really quickly, but you got to like get through this stream really quickly. And, and sometimes that's that's just how it is. So, you know, just, just a friendly word out there. All right, just for you folks out there. You know, treat each other nice. Uh, talking about people treating each other nice, though, we have Swearin's Boomer series going kind of crazy right now. And this is such a good timing for this series. We've been talking about it pretty proactively, I think, throughout the last couple episodes. Um, just kind of giving them a shout out. And as they're working on developing a tournament for, you know, older professional players. And now with this whole, I guess, uptick in returning players and the older folk enjoying the no building. I mean, this is, this is going to be... The time is now, if ever, to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah, it's for the sure. perfect game mode for people that don't want to go crazy cranking and doing everything, you know, a no-build tournament. And we've seen Swearin be able to put together these tournaments in the past, and they continue to gain traction. So the more he does this, the bigger and better they're going to get, the more people that will be behind it, the more money that's going to be behind it. And you got to love it. I mean, we're all older gentlemen that love playing this video game. So as someone that can't keep up with a lot of these younger kids, those tournaments are a great outlet to enjoy and appreciate the uh, competitive side without, you know, having to be put against the, the actual competitors. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's going to be one of the biggest points for them to, to now focus on. But, uh, with the with the terms of service changes here for Fortnite tournaments, they need to make sure that they're careful in the way that they do this. I think uh, one wrong move and, and and if they have too many tournaments or whatever the case may be, because those those guidelines are pretty strict from Epic Games. I mean, Monster knows better than anybody working on all the tournaments that he works on. So I can only imagine that he he needs to be cautious in, in how how he delivers that, but. Monster, break it down a little bit more. Yeah, and just talk about tournaments. Tournaments as a whole, some of you guys might find this not so interesting, but for those real nerds out there that like to know anything, or maybe any organizers that listen in, you're going to love this piece because there are updated broadcast guidelines. Um, Some things beneficial for the scene, a lot not really so. Um, Now there's a whole kind of have to give them at least a week heads up before you launch anything. So now, you know, turnarounds have kind of changed if you're going down the formal route. Um, there is a hard restriction now on events happening beyond four days total, which means if you're planning a two-day final, basically you're constricted to only two days worth of um, qualification rounds, which again, there's tons of these little rules that constantly change and you got to keep up with it. Um, one of the, I think, biggest 
downsides to the whole broadcast guideline being updated as well is that they didn't change how many sponsors any one tournament organizer can have as well. So we're still limited to just one singular sponsor on the uh, pretty much on the forward facing graphics and stuff like that, which just kind of hinders the entire promotional you know value that advertisers can get because then you can only have one person buy in and when one person buys in if you want to do something big it's hard to justify big value in exchange for them being the sole you know provider and, and sponsor behind a tournament so um it hasn't gotten any easier it's only gotten more difficult and um, with this most recent update they have restricted all spectator access across the board so this is their turning of the leaf leaning into this new season where okay we wipe the floor clean if you had a specter client you basically don't have one anymore and we're going through this new approval process so they're going to be monitoring and tracking people a lot more closely so you know as practice server we're basically going through that again um grant they were one of the lucky few we have the direct needle to the vein here you know we're in the pipeline we'll be fine and expedited and get things sorted but this is a big issue because we were seeing a pretty cool scene developed behind scrims and spectator client being used and things like the solo spotlight which had to be shut down because that was a 60-day tournament you know like it's it's weird things like that that you get a little too creative you get ahead of yourself um and it changes the game so um epic i feel like makes it hard for community to uh you know do something new when when there's so much that we could do but you're, you're very limited at times yeah hopefully go ahead panda yeah, hopefully it gets it gets better, right? I think Epic is pretty good about uh, taking feedback and, and looking at like community sentiment, especially with a a community like third party tournament organizers. So I think uh, it it definitely has a lot of potential. Um, we'll see uh, ultimately if um, they decide to make a change, make it a little bit more open. Because honestly, we've already seen a huge downtick. In third-party tournaments as is for the year and we're already almost to the first quarter yeah but one thing that was just announced is the new return or the introduction of a collegiate cup this time fully backed and supported by um epic and fortnite team where last the last collegiate operator we had in a scene was play versus and i thought they did a pretty good job of creating like an ecosystem but the difference between what play versus was doing and what this new efuse collegiate tournament is doing is that play versus really tried to make it as beneficial for them as possible in the sense they basically didn't have in-game support because they wanted to onboard people onto their platform and do things sort of their way which as we all know in my opinion if epic is offering you that in-game banner like you can't really pay for that um so i'm not sure what the what the reasoning was behind it or why maybe they didn't get offered that but either way this seems like it is set up to Pretty much be a big success there's already fn competitive promotion there's a landing page set up for it and um i mean the dates are rolling up pretty quickly here smg yeah and one other thing is play versus is also getting a lot of shade for some other stuff they were doing with different games trying to like gatekeep different licenses that they had for high school and college gaming um so i'm pretty happy that Fortnite as a whole has moved away from them as much as I liked working with play versus it's a little strange to see some of the gatekeeping that has been happening. Uh, but for the e-fuse piece, uh, sorry, what's up Panda? or not Panda monster. No, I was just going to say, I mean, from a business perspective, like if you can lock in a title exclusively, I mean, you are giving yourself so much leverage over the scene. So you can't, I guess from a business perspective, you can't fight them or like knock them for that. But I mean, let's be honest. It's definitely one of the more frowned upon tactics if you're trying to exploit or take advantage of the scene. And it seems like they got caught out for being a little too aggressive in some private emails. I think we actually covered that um, a couple months back because that was all over the timeline. It's it's pretty much made like, I, I would guess headlines in the esports space for sure. Yeah. But yeah. going back to the E-Fuse piece, I mean, the other cool thing besides just this one in-game tournament is like you guys have mentioned about the licensing and applications. There's also a request form for other tournament providers, sponsors, anybody that wants to get involved to allow high school and collegiate opportunities within the scholastic space. And I know from speaking with someone here in North Carolina, like they have a pretty close connection with the scholastic team over at Epic. And they were thrilled to hear that now it's even more open and not something where you have to go 
behind and you know find who the right person is and figure this out now it's an open space and really going to allow for more than just simply this efuse tournament yeah one thing epic has done a really cool job is i mean i've even gotten business behind the scenes of like people approaching them and they're like hey you need a professional you got to talk to this guy and you know his business they will take care of you and we've gotten great conversions just out of being connected and helping to get the dots connected so i'm all about epic opening up applications let the let the streams come in let the business start finding its way to the space because right now the space needs it and uh i mean come on dude some no building tournaments and some some elim races like you know the floor's open and there could be some cool stuff here panda yeah i will say this i do like efuse and, and uh efuse has done a lot of great tournaments in the past however and and this could just be my opinion um, I was watching and on the broadcast, the collegiate stuff that they've done so far, and it seems like the talent doesn't seem to know Fortnite as much, which is which obviously can can affect the broadcast. We know more than anybody how that yep. feels, right? So I, I hope they're a little bit more mindful of that moving forward, especially with the, how the collegiate cup was announced, how it's laid out. They they consider looking more Fortnite focused for some of those for, for some of those talent members. Because I remember on the broadcast, this guy was talking about Rocket League. Yeah. Because that's the game he came from, and it was a Fortnite tournament. So it's like you kind of have to be uh, a little bit more cautious of that, even for the talent that did come over. Just t take the time to to commit to Fortnite because it's a beast to try and, and cast and, and analyze Fortnite. So if you're not familiar with it, it definitely shows. And not only that, the scene needs a good collegiate operator, right? So if you're going to be the face of this space, basically with the sanctioning of Epic backing you, I mean, put in the budget, put in the effort, make sure you do it correctly because this is your first impression, essentially, on the space. Now, Efuse has done some great tournaments with uh, focusing on their women of the arena in the past. They're the operator behind that. And, you know, they've had some success, but they also have some scrutiny and some fire just recently for their Women of the Arena tournament. That was actually involving Somerset, where they tried to limit who her teammates were because uh, she was pretty much, as a captain, building a bomb squad, as she should. Everyone's going to want to play with her. She's the one of the most skilled. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of controversy there because her take was basically, well, if I was a male, would you stop this guy from playing with that guy? No, because they're top tier and they're trying to win. So why stop me? And I mean, I had nothing to say. That was like the mic drop. I'm like, hey, the girl's yeah. right. Like, she is absolutely correct. I don't think there should be any, um, I don't want to use the word sexism, but like, there shouldn't be any restrictions in, <laughs> essentially here for competitors. If you're invited as a captain, fair and square, she should have her, her opportunity at bat. And she's been the back to back to back, I think, for a little while now. So they're trying to change the narrative. I get that part, but, um, you know, she she has a legacy to live up for and if she was trying to put together a team you know she should, probably should be able to so that's kind of one of the efuse controversies the only one i've really seen um from them so they've done an exceptional job of staying uh, squeaky clean producing high quality tournaments uh for that space but to your point when we start breaking into this collegiate space i mean there are tons of up-and-coming talent uh especially within the collegiate high school space i mean i can call off a few off the top of my head tie tie plays castle lash being some of the more up-and-comer you know younger really motivated and focused and driven to you know improve their skill um and then of course you know you guys already made it to the main stage now so you've kind of gone through your your leaps and bounds and hurdles of doing smaller tournaments but you know not too long ago you all were just you know grinding for these big opportunities so there's plenty of room to pick up people that are, you know, thriving in this space currently. Well, and I, yeah. Lash is the next one for me. I, mm -hmm. I think if he wasn't as young as he was, I think he would have more opportunities in the space. He needs a, already, a little, right? little bass in his voice and he'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I was talking about it too on Twitter. I was like, man, I want to get some of these younger guys that want to learn a little bit about casting and get them in a call together and just be like, hey, listen, like, this, this is stuff that I learned through the process. This is what I recommend when, when it comes to public speaking in general. And then, like, let them, like, feedback, feed off one another, learn from each other, and try to get close. Because I think one of the best things that I had growing in this space was that I had both of you guys. Like, literally, Monster was obviously, like, a big uh, person, obviously, in the space way before uh, I even thought about gaming as a career, right? And then to have him in my my corner and then 
halfway through me casting, I kind of was like at this this lull point because I only casted a couple times in the in 2020, had a big break, and then somebody's gun brought me into a broadcast that was consistent. And him and I did it together, and it was the first like real caster duo that I got to like be a part of, and I grew a lot from it. So literally, I get now I get to do a podcast with those two people, but <laughs> or, or have been doing a podcast now with these two people. But it's like it's crazy. Not everybody has those opportunities, so trying to connect people like that I think is huge. So I'm hoping uh, to get the opportunity to put some of those guys together. And uh, yeah, what do you think, Gun? So. Now that we don't have a dream hack or a big third party regular tournament, I think this is an awesome opportunity, like you said, Panda, to to mix the two of like the professionals who've been doing this a while and then some newer people. Because in any esport, in any commentator background talent side, you need to develop the talent. And I think a collegiate or high school event having the mix of the two would benefit everyone because you get the new people coming in. They get to bring some kind of excitement. And then, you know, people that have been doing it a while get to show them, okay, here's how it's done. Here's some things that'll help you. And overall, it just boosts everything. We get the quality broadcast. We get better talent coming through the pipeline. And, you know, we as talent get to to help the next generation because ultimately i mean i I believe people help me on the way up i gotta help someone else get to where where i am yeah you guys know i'm big on mentorship big on supporting the space and and giving people those opportunities i'm totally with you on that i think if we see this hybrid approach and and like i said the effort put into what the collegiate space needs um because this is not just collegiate there's you know again the floor is open for high school as well so there is really a lot of room here for expansion, growth, and cultivating a positive community, which um, we need more of in this space. We need to continue to build on. That is what's going to, you know, turn these young kids into young men, and they'll continue to be our competitors of the of the space, right? Those, those are the next up as they continue to develop their skills. So um, it, it is it is going to be really cool. So Ifus has a as a big opportunity in front of them. Um, I, I have been in talks with them, so I'm hoping that you know we get to close the deal there and we get to support them on the broadcast. Um, even if it just means on a production level, um, I'm hoping more so on administration level, just so things run smoothly. I could care less about yeah. our team pressing the buttons. I just want this to go smooth uh, because that's the most important thing is like player uh, quality, right? Having this feel like mm-hmm. a turnkey experience. And um, if we can get that, and I'll be really happy. And, you know, it's always good to have some extra business. So I'm hoping that things things pull through on that end for us. But um, ultimately, I'm, I'm always going to root for E-Fuse. We've, we've supported them on, on different events in the past. And, here they are up at bat. So this is this is their chance. This is their big chance now. They put a lot of money and effort into that woman of the arena, and I think they're proven their that they can be a value to the space. So I want to see what they can get out of that. Yeah, and and hopefully they do well, right? And and, and let's say that like two three months down the line they decide, you know what, like something similar to DreamHack could be functional, right? And they they make an agreement with Fortnite, and we see a new reoccurring. Uh, tournament like we had with DreamHack, and it's just E-Fuse instead. I mean, uh, that's what I think the community will need. It may they may not need it now, but in a few months, when um once we're done with like the daily cups and stuff, they said they wanted to do for the summer. You're you're gonna go back to this lull period, and the these pro players, these content creators are gonna be like, well, where's all the action? Where's all the opportunity? It's just not gonna be there like it was with DreamHack in the past. So. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I really hope that somebody fills the void if it's not E-Fuse and that Fortnite backs it in some way. Yeah, I mean, we we generally have seen more tournaments, though, come out of Epic. But with the two-day cash cups, I mean, that's four days a week. We're seeing um, solos and duos cash cups. But from our perspective, and I think from other people's perspective, you, you do want to see the broadcast and the bigger tournaments, not just the little cash cup tournaments that are every single week yeah yeah i think i think science also just proves that um you know monetary incentive is one thing but like having that badge of honor sometimes being showcased on a broadcast or you know winning something that feels tangible in those moments provide much more value incentive and um make it feel a lot a lot bigger than what it could be Mm -hmm. so you know that's just one of the most i think underrated things about having a broadcast behind an event it makes it feel real it's like Again, being on the big stage, lights, camera, action, you can imagine that if for whatever reason this was like a LAN event at the end of a, a cash cup, people would feel insane about that. Like, you know, that that would be a really big deal 
not that you can do that week to week, but you know, it, it, that's the idea is that these events kind of give and simulate that in a remote experience, which um, is very unique that kind of developed, you know, post COVID, uh, which wouldn't have been a thing probably ever before. So um, either way, nice, great episode catching up on the brand new Fortnite season. My gosh, so much uh, positivity on the, on the podcast today, because there really is a lot to look forward to and lots to look up to as the year begins to develop, leaning out of the first quarter. Uh, next week already, we're into April, guys. So year flying by. Uh, <laughs> before we get on yeah. out of here, though, as always, we're going to give the floor to uh, to the boys here. Let's kick it off with you, Panda. Let the folk at home know where they can find you, man. Well, you see, I'm, I'm making a return to streaming soon. It's going to happen. Um, I, I have no date. Still. <laughs> but it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, look, I'll be honest. I got a message literally shortly before the podcast started. There's only two components left to the sign and that is the last piece right once those two components are in which they should be in this week the sign will be finished so by mid next week the sign will be here in in my head right that's what i'm thinking so hopefully by the end of next week going into the, the week after but i don't want to make any promises you can find me life w panda on twitter that's where i'm at the most and then when those streams start to kick up it's life with panda and smg wow. Did, did Panda just leak that it's a sign? We didn't okay, know that on, it was a sign before. I harp on it now. Yeah, Listen, everyone, I it. So now you have to tune in when he does stream with Life with Panda so you can see the sign. I've heard some really cool things. There but, you uh, go. Nah, <laughs> I'm Somebody's Gun. You can find me, Somebody's Gun, on all platforms. Uh, as always, guys, send all your complaints to me at Oh, I almost forgot my email. I was going to say my personal one. Fortnitepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's one of those days, guys. Happy Tuesday, y'all. We just dropped this recording right now. Go ahead and chop it up. Throw it up to the internet, and you all can enjoy it. Um, until next time, guys, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victorials. Peace, y'all.